What's good, everybody, and welcome back to the podcast. Today, I want to tell you, prove to you, show you how a triangle with three lines inside can tell you how successful you'll be in whatever it is you're trying to do. Now, to explain this, I want to start with a specific example, like uh, getting your dream job. It'll make it easier to understand at first, and then I'll extrapolate what we talked about and make it a general principle. So let's get started. So we've been bamboozled. We've been had. We've been allowed to pretty much since the moment we were born. And about a ton of stuff, especially in the important stuff. But since we're starting off with the example of getting a dream job, I, I won't rant on all the ways that we've been lied to. But um, I want you to think of a triangle. Just put a triangle in your head, and I want you to draw four lines inside of the triangle horizontally, right? And that would divide up the triangle into four areas. It will have a top area at the very top, and then another area on the, below that, and another area, and another area, four areas. And those lines would represent the division of success in all um, all organizations and processes that involve people. It applies to dating, it applies to income, it applies to the basketball team, and um, it also applies to the success of job applicants in their job search in terms of salary and time to get the job. Now, the very first area of the triangle, the one above the first line, horizontal line, represents the 1% of applicants. And these people are so good at their jobs and have such a great network of people around them that people are actively trying to steal them for whatever company they're working at. And there's actually people whose sole job is to steal top performers from other places. They're called headhunters. The next 4% in the triangle, so you have your 1% that take up the first block, and then the 4% that take up the next block. And these people aren't in the same league as the 1%, but they do pretty well for themselves on the job market. And um, this is ideally where you want to be if you want to get your dream job. You don't need to be that guy. You just have to be willing to put in the work, do the job, and stand out. Stand out in the application process. So, in the next block of the triangle represents 15% of the population. And these are the people who barely scrape by. They get the job. Well, they get a job, but it's not exactly what they wanted. They're not super motivated, and they wish they could do something else. And at this level, you'll find people who work to live and who live by the saying, Thank God it's Friday and feel slightly depressed and anxious on Sunday night as they shut their eyes, knowing that they're about to lose another piece of themselves next week at work. Kind of sad, right? And then there's the next block, the biggest block on the triangle, which represents the 80% of people, or 80% of job applicants in this case. And these represent the people who have given up, or are very, very close to giving up. They're taking whatever they can get. They go tens of thousands of dollars into debt to go to college or university and have nothing to show for it. And this level is fucking sad. <laughs> and if you don't know about the college statistics, 50% of people drop out. I was one of those people who dropped out. Best is One of the best decisions I've ever made, and I don't regret it at all. So 50% of people drop out. And then of the pe- the 50% who stay and make it all the way through, only about 20% of them, really is less than that, 20% of them uh, get a job in their chosen measure. And this is no wonder why people around the country are crying to have their loans forgiven. And I've been reading, like, they're actually being forgiven in some cases, but even though I've dropped out, since I'm doing okay for myself, I don't I don't get any of that. <laughs> I don't get any of that. But student loans is a moral hazard that I could run on all day, but we're not going to do that for this podcast. So I want to recap what we've done so far with the triangle. So you have a triangle in front of you, and it has three horizontal lines in it. The first represents the 1% at the very top of the triangle. The next up, you have 4% of people, and then you have the 15% of people, 
the 80% of the people. The 80% of the people, thousands and thousands of dollars in debt, can't get a job in their chosen field, and they're kind of depressed and sad and a whole bunch of other stuff. The 15% of people, um, they're doing, they're just scraping by. They have a, a job that's decent, but they're not motivated to stay or do the work or move up or anything like that. And then there's 4% of the people who are doing pretty well. They got a job in their chosen field, and they're satisfied, I guess. And then there's the 1% who are so good and so valuable that people are trying to steal them away and pay them many, many multiples more than what the average person would make. All right, so what do we do with all this information? That's a great question. And the answer is super simple, but it will undoubtedly be very emotional for some people. And if you remember at the beginning of this podcast, I mentioned that we've been lied to, we've been bamboozled, we've been had, and I'm going to make the case for that right now. And here's one of the biggest lies we've been sold our entire lives, and it continues to be sold to us every single day we're above the ground. And that lie is that conformity equals success. Let's uh, let that sink in for a second and think about it. Does that hold true for you? Uh, I'd bet a lot of money that it does, especially if you were put in daycare or public school or maybe didn't have such a great relationship with your parents. You know, 95% of people have been through at least one of those three experiences. So um, I know that may not have been what you were expecting and it may be uncomfortable, but uh, even me, um, as I'm talking about this, I feel a little upset and a little anxious, right? Upset because I've been thinking about this stuff for a while. And as I grow and mature and master myself and uh, see more and more what I'm capable of and realize how much more potential I had than I thought I had, I get upset at what I lost by being in public school, by being in daycare, by having all these people around me who just wanted me to conform so that they felt emotionally safe. And maybe a little anxious, too, because... uh. There's a non-zero chance that somebody listening to this will want to attack my ass for saying the truth. And, um, yeah, success in the classroom, whether that be in the daycare or at the school system or in the school system, equals self-erasure. In the daycare, the teacher says to you, give up your want for vital, the vital intention and affection that you need. Give up your preferences. Give up your personality so I don't have to do shit. And that's what the daycare teacher is saying to the kids. And... Of course, they're not saying that explicitly, or maybe they are in some places, but that is the subtle message that the children receive. Don't have needs. You you need attention. I ain't going to give it to you because I just want my 995 and want to get, get out of here at the end of the day. And I don't know how much you know about the effects of dumping your child in daycare, but it is not negligible. It's actually very, very bad for, for children. And one of the biggest things that will happen depending on how severe and how long the child was in daycare. It's just that they won't develop empathy. They'll have problems uh, identifying other people's emotions and feeling them themselves, and they grow up and they take advantage of other people, and they just do whatever they had to do to get what they want from other people instead of being a reasonable person who negotiates, if that makes sense. It's not a guarantee, but the likelihood that that happens to you is very much increased. And the same thing goes on in the school system. It's not as uh, harsh as it is as, as being a, a baby in the daycare, but essentially what the teacher is saying is, oh, you think I'm boring? I'll, I'll drug your ass if you don't give me validation. Or give up your mind, give up your curiosity, give up your joy for knowledge about subjects that we'll never teach you about and be, be filled with our vision of what you should be. The school system 
to have success in it, you need to self-erase. Self-erasure is success in environments like these. It Conformity equals success in these environments, but in real life, conformity doesn't equal success. It equals self-erasure, and self-erasure equals almost definite failure in whatever you're trying to do. You can go from wherever you want to go wherever you want on the results triangle uh, to the top 5%, which is the 1% or the 4%, you have to stop doing what the majority and average people do. If the majority is doing something and having mediocre results, which by definition they are, then conforming absolutely makes no sense. But we have a reflexive, reactive urge to conform and pretty much all the time. It's the way we were bred and raised, and it takes a ton of emotional vulnerability and strength to recognize that you've been messed with this way. Uh, but the fact that you're listening to this still, uh, it means you haven't rage quit and you haven't attempted <laughs> to threaten me. So that means you have a chance. So I hope that made sense to you. And I want to circle back now and make this a general principle. I think I made it pretty obvious in the job example, but the triangle breaks down every single way in every organization that has people involved. So if you want to be a top 1% basketball player, then you have, well, I wouldn't say that's a good example, but let's say that you have the genetics. You have the necessary genetics to make it to the NBA. If you have the, the genetics to make it to the NBA and you want to be a top 1% player, then you have to do what the top 1% people do to get the same results that they're getting. And if you want to be in the top 4%, then you have to do those things. But if you do what the 15% people are doing or the 80% people are doing, then you're almost guaranteed to have failure or at least struggle and stagnation. This plays out the same way in dating. The top 1% of dudes have pretty much all their picks. And this doesn't mean that you have to be super jacked and super handsome. You can be super rich and make up for it that way. Or you could just be a fantastic person all around and end up like um, getting with somebody like that, that Latina actress. I can't remember her name, but she always dates ugly dudes. But you can be like that and get in the top 1% that way. Or the 4% of dudes who have it pretty well and then everybody else is just like struggling or have given up or something like that. But... That's all I got to say. Hopefully this makes sense. Hopefully you got a good takeaway from this. If you want to be in the 1%, do what the 1% do. And it's hard to be a 1% person, man. I, I'm not a 1% person. I'm happily glad to admit that. But just being in the 4%, <laughs> it, you can do pretty well for yourself. Um, but with that being said, I'll see you in the next one. And peace out.